right there, and let's pray together as we open God's Word. Father, we thank you for your Word today. We ask that you would speak again to us from your Word. Spirit of God, we need your help. We always need your help. It's your, you wrote the book. These are your words, but they're words that bring life, eternal life to us. So as we open your word, speak to us today, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. The word says in 1 Peter 2, 9, do you know this? It says, but you are, can you read that? A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. In other words, you're chosen. Chosen means that God chose you, right? Do you remember those horrendous times in school where you had to line up and get chosen for teams and stuff? Scars have gone deep, haven't they? I'm just raising them up to the surface where you're going, oh, and it was always the same irritating kids that got picked. Any of, the, any, of the, any of you, those irritating child that always got picked first? All right. Yeah, people are kind of going like this. Like. Yeah. Who was the last that got picked? Yeah. Yeah, we know that feeling. But God goes, you know what? I'm going to choose you, right? He has said, there ain't no first and last, but I want you and you and you and you and you. I'm going to pick you because we're chosen. But he says, I've chosen you to become a royal. We're royal because we're chosen by the king of kings and lord of lords. That makes us royal. Priesthood. What does a priest do? Apart from grab a microphone. What does a priest do? Golf all week? No? Serve God. Okay. And how do you serve God? Okay. Prayer. So there's two things. One thing we said a priest has done, we've just looked at this over the last couple of weeks. One thing we said a priest does is what we talked about last time, is pray, intercede on behalf of the people. Lift the people to God, right? Kind of stands between the people. If you imagine God is on the cross there, a priest stands right here. You're the people, and the priest takes the people's concerns people that God puts into your life and you turn them around and you lift them up you intercede for them you get into the ditch with them do you remember intercession is you go down to where they are and you go God do something about this it's not fair do something and I'm going to take it to the father I'm going to lift it up to God through Jesus Father Holy Spirit so you intercede what is the other thing the priest does well Live in water. He takes what God says and he gives it to the people. He becomes a channel or she becomes a channel of the ministry of God through them out to the people. One of the ways of doing that, not the only way, but one of the ways is through preaching the word, right? But there's so many other ways through serving, through speaking, through sharing, through, through taking anything that God says to you for someone else and you go give it to them. And so you're this two-way kind of channel between another person and God and God and another person. That's what a priest is. And that's what we've been looking at in the last few weeks, isn't it? 
And it's the Holy Spirit that works in our spirit, through our souls, out through our bodies that enable us to do that. And it's the Spirit that helps us to be that royal priesthood. But as we've been looking at, the Spirit does way more than just help us to be a royal priesthood. And we're going to look at one of the other things that the Spirit does today, which you will know about from Galatians chapter 5. What does it talk about in Galatians chapter 5? Can you read it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these there is no such law. Right? Galatians 5 is the fruit of the Spirit. Notice it's fruit singular, not fruits. These are not different things. They are the fruit of the one Spirit, manifested in many different ways. Right? It's not like, I'll give a bit of love and I'll give a bit of this. I'll give No, 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 no. This is all off one tree. Got an apple tree in the garden. The apple tree produces, guess what? Apples. It, I don't go to the apple tree and go, I fancy a strawberry. Doesn't work. Right? Because it's one tree and this is one tree. The Spirit of God that produces fruit. One fruit. Which looks in different ways. Let's read to us where it says this in Galatians chapter 5. It says this, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Bible says that we are at war. We live in conflict. And there is a conflict, Galatians says, between two things, the flesh and the spirit. Now, I'm going to try and see if I can describe it to you, what's really going on. Now, the flesh does not mean flesh, right? It doesn't mean, like, have a look at yourself a minute. It doesn't mean this. That's the body, right? That's not what it means by flesh. I'm going to put flesh over here. Can you see this? That's flesh. Right? And over here, because Jeff's sitting over here, spirit. All right? Ooh, there we go. Got that? So the Bible says that we live in a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Now, what does the flesh mean? The flesh means... 
Me doing what I want to do. That's really what it means. The flesh is just doing anything I want to do. It's me saying, I'm going to do what I feel like doing because I want to do it. The Spirit is doing anything that God wants me to do. Right? That's the difference. So it says we're in a battle between the flesh, me doing what I want to do, and the Spirit, me doing what God wants me to do. Right? He says that in the passage we've just read. He says, walk by the Spirit. Now, before I became a believer, I was happily walking, doing everything I wanted to do. Because I had no alternative. I just did what I wanted. I, I was my own, I was in charge of my own destiny, right? I could do whatever I wanted to do. I was living the dream. Just doing what I wanted to do because I was living by the flesh. Anyone who does not know Jesus Christ, anyone who is not a believer, lives by the flesh. Now, you know the list that was up there? That didn't mean to say, and I don't want you to get it wrong here, that I was doing all of that. Right? I wasn't. I was married, and I wasn't doing all of that. Right? Okay, that's just an example of where it can end in the nth degree. Right? That's the, the bottom line of it. But that doesn't mean to say that everybody who lives by the flesh is, you know, going about doing all the stuff that Paul says, right? It's just saying that's the bottom. But I was just doing what I wanted to do. Then all of a sudden, Jesus turned up in my life and conflict began. Before Jesus comes, there is no conflict. Do you know non-believers that are perfectly happy? Because they're just walking this way, doing what they want to do in life. Some of it's really good stuff. But there's no internal conflict going on. When Jesus turns up in your life, a conflict starts. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit, then starts affecting your soul and your body. Before you become a believer in Jesus Christ... The Spirit is not inside of you. There is no conflict. The Spirit, the soul, and the body are all walking according to the flesh. Right? Do you understand? But when you become a believer, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to come and take residence. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of sin. It says in John, right? It's the Spirit that works in us. And all of a sudden then, I am stuck between this conflict, as Paul says in Galatians, of am I going to go the way of the Spirit or am I going to go the way of the flesh? Which way now do I have to go? Because the Spirit has suddenly given me an alternative. The way of God or the way of the flesh. The way that God wants me to live my life or the way that I want to live my life. Paul says in Galatians, walk by the Spirit, because they're in opposite directions. Now understand what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, focus on getting rid of all the fleshly stuff so you can go that way. Now many believers try to do this. 
They focus on the things that they know that God doesn't like in their life, and they work at trying to eliminate those things out of their life, right? You ever done that? Oh, God mustn't like this. I've got this anger issue. God doesn't like, I better work on my anger. I better make sure that I get that because that's upsetting to God and I can't go that way until I've sorted this out. I'm a bad Christian otherwise. So they work on their anger issues or they work on whatever issue it is that they're facing. Thinking that somehow if you can get rid of that, automatically you go that way. But that's not what the word says. It doesn't say that. It says you're in conflict but what you need to do to overcome the conflict is to walk this way. Don't focus on anything that's over there. That's a distraction. If you start focusing on that, you have to look this way. And if you're looking this way, you can't be looking that way. Do you understand? Repentance is what? Turning around. When you repent the first time, when you say, Jesus, I'm so sorry, Everything, all my flesh stuff has put you on a cross. What you do is you turn around and you, you turn your back on it. Now, how can I read what's back there, all my stuff? Can you read it? You can't. All my, my drunkenness and my, you know, all the debauchery and everything else that it says in that list. Can you read that? No, because I'm looking to the Spirit now. And Galatians says, walk in or by the spirit and it says you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh many many Christians start worrying about their flesh but if you do that you can't you can't you can't go this way and they're totally opposite directions so Galatians says hey forget that stuff walk by the spirit go this way and God will deal with that. Don't worry about it. The more you walk this way, the further that gets away from me, right? I don't have to worry about it. Because the closer I get to God, how far is the flesh going? Further and further away. How does it do that? Well, we're going to look at it. How, how though? How do I walk by the Spirit? That's the key thing, isn't it? How do I do this? See, it says, so I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Why? Because you're not even looking at them. The problem with believers is that they keep looking there and they stop looking here. Because you can't look in both directions at once. How though? How do we do it? It's, somebody put it like this. What happens if I drop this ball? See? Bounces. Why does it go down? Gravity. What's so special about gravity? It's a law. Everything that you drop, if I was to pick Tim up and I just let him go, what would happen to Tim? He would bounce. I'm sure Jenny tries it all the time. Do you, Jenny? No. Right? So, the law is that if you drop something, if you've got something of any way and you drop it, what happens to it? It goes down, right? So how come planes fly then? Tim goes on a plane. If I was to drop Tim, he would just hit the ground. Maybe bounce a millimeter. How come if Tim gets on a plane, he can fly? 
Does that mean that the law of gravity no longer works? So what happens? Aerodynamics. Would you like to explain it to us then, Ian? Not really. So have you ever flown? So you've been on a plane, but you have no idea how it actually flies against the law of gravity that we know, as Newton told us. Boom, right? It's actually Newton's law of third law of dynamics, right? Or law of motion. I'm not going to explain it to you, because I have no idea what it is myself. But it says, basically, that if you go fast enough, you can overcome. Now, gravity never stops working, right? It's still working. But what happens is when you get into a plane is that the third law of Newton's law of motion supersedes the law of gravity. Otherwise, you'd never get off a runway. Yeah? Both are still operating. The flesh constantly operating. The law of the spirit is constantly operating. The question is, in your life and in my life, which one is superseding the other one? Am I walking this way? Or am I walking this way? Which one am I going to have allowed to take president in my life? Allowed to rule my life? Now the question is, what does it mean to walk in the spirit? It says both of them are still going to walk operate the spirit they're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want so how does it operate well Romans gives us Romans chapter 8 amazing passage of scripture gives us the answer and I'm going to tell you really quickly Romans 8 5 to 8 it says first of all you need a new mind it says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful nature or the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God first thing we need to do is to have a new mind what does that mean that means that in everything if we're walking by the spirit that the only thing that I'm worrying about the only thing that my mind is thinking about is how do I please God how do I obey God how do I keep God number one in my life how do I do the things that we sang about earlier that's what it means to have a new mind. Romans 12 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His pleasing and perfect will. We need new minds. We need minds that are focused. If I want to walk by the Spirit of God, I need to have a mind that is going, I want to do what God wants me to do all the time. My sole agenda is... What does God want? Not what do I want. How many times have you, have you been talking with someone and they, I want this and I want that. That's the flesh. The question is, what does God want? What is God trying to do in my life? What does God want me to do today? What does God want me to do tomorrow? How does God want me to operate? 
What does God want me to think about? What does God want me to, how does God want me to behave? A new mind. Jesus said it in, in uh, Mark chapter 12. He said these, these things. Mark 12, 28. He says, one of the teachers of the law came to him. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he said, of all the commands, which is the most important? You know it? What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your, and with all your, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you need your mind set on God's agenda. Not my will, but yours be done. That's what Jesus said. And that's what we need, a mind that's set on God's agenda. It's what we need to be as a church, isn't it? What does God want for Trinity Church? It's His church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's His church. When we become members of Trinity Church, we don't own it. We just say, yes, I want to follow whatever God is doing in His house here. This church started in 1660. Any of you around then? Were you one of the founders of this place? I don't think so. And it will continue into, I don't know, whenever he returns, God willing. Are we going to be around then? Probably not. Who knows? He may come back today or tomorrow, but not before the barbecue, though. Just saying. Your mind, what does God want? Second thing he says we need to do is we need a new nature, a new dependency on Him. Back in Romans chapter 8, he says, verses 9 to 11, he said, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. He said, you're going to have a new nature. That's why he says, you know what this new nature is going to look like? Guess, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. How do you get those? They are the fruit of the Spirit. And as you walk towards the Spirit of God, guess what the Spirit of God will do in your life? He will produce the fruit that is His natural self. You don't have to work to find more love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and, oh, I need to work on this. No, 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 that's the way of the flesh. The way of the Spirit is, it just is a byproduct of when the Spirit is operating in your life. So if you're focused on the Spirit, the Spirit will just produce that as a natural thing. My apple tree in the back garden doesn't have to go, oh, I'm going to produce a serious number of apples this year. I better work hard at this. It just does it naturally. It doesn't have to. It is what it is. It's an apple tree. If it was going to produce strawberries, that would be hard work. But not apples, because it's an apple tree. And apple trees produce apples. 
And the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and all that lot. Right? I knew I missed one somewhere. It does it naturally as you focus on the Spirit. You want more peace in your life? Focus on the Spirit. Go this way. Don't, don't. If you're looking at your flesh thinking, oh, I've got to deal with this and I've got to deal with that and oh, am I ever going to measure up to what God wants of me? How's the Spirit ever going to do anything in your life? So when I go paddleboarding, I go on the River Thames. I was, I was out near Henley one time and it was just gorgeous, right? The, 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 the sun was, this wasn't June, or, it wasn't July. The sun was out, right? And it was shining across the river. And I went, oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to take a picture of that. Now, taking a picture while you're standing on a paddleboard is a dodgy exercise, right? But I'm standing there mid-river taking a picture with my camera that's in a, like a, it's in a wet thing that, you know, a dry bag thing that doesn't, but plastic, so you can take pictures. So I have to put my paddle down and I'm standing there balancing on this board trying to take a picture because it's beautiful. Guess what happens? No, I did not fall in. Take that back. I've never fallen off the paddleboard yet, nearly. A couple of times nearly, but not yet. I took the picture. But the problem is with the River Thames is there's a current in the River Thames. And as I am taking the picture, instead of going in the direction I was going, the current's going this way. And the board started drifting, and I ended up stuck in a whole load of gorse bushes and brambles by the side of the River Thames, because that's where the current took me while I was focusing on taking my picture. And that's the same in life, right? You, you can't, you're either going this way because that's our natural current. Your natural current, my natural current is to go here. I have to paddle against my natural current to go this way. You get it? They're in conflict. I was born, the Bible says I was born in what? Sin. Sin is my natural self. I naturally, before Christ turns up in my life, I'm naturally going this way. Everybody is. The way of the flesh. The Spirit turns up in your life and conflict starts. And the Spirit says, hey, there's a better way. Go this way. But you have to keep paddling. You have to keep journeying. You have to keep focusing on the Spirit. And my natural self keeps going, ooh, yeah. Fancy a bit of the old flesh again. But I can't do that if I'm looking in this direction. If I stop paddling, you know what happens? We call it people, they just fall away. They, they, they grow cold. Lukewarm and then cold. Why? Because naturally you can be facing this way. You stop paddling. You know what you're going to do? You end up in the brambles. Because you stopped. Because that's the way it works in the Bible. That's what it says. But he says, if you go that way, you get a new nature. And lastly, if you go that way, you know what happens? You get a new identity as well. He says in Romans, verses 14 to 17 of chapter 8, he says these amazing things. He said, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. 
For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are his heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. He said, you know what? You get a new identity. You get, you're now a child of God. You're not governed by the flesh anymore because you've turned around and you're going by the Spirit. And he says, you know what happens when you go by the Spirit? I'm going to keep on affirming, David, you're my son. You're my son. You're my son. You know, Joan, you're my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my daughter because I'm going this way. And he'll keep telling you. Sometimes in your head you think, you know what, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm rubbish. I can't be. How can I be? You keep focusing on the Spirit. He says, you are, because I say that's who you are. When you make that repentant move from facing this way to facing this way, he says, now you're my son, my daughter. You're going my way. Keep on going. I'll keep affirming it in your life. Isn't that incredible that he does that for you and me? I'm going to affirm it over and over and over again. That's what you need to do. Jesus said it, you know. How do we do this? He said, every day, take up your cross, follow me. Every day, you have a choice. You're there on your board. Which way are you going to go? You have a choice. Because God gives you the freedom to choose. Are you going to go back the way of the flesh? Or are you going to go the way of the Spirit? And every day we get to make that choice. Every day you can wake up and you say, Today, as for me and my household, we're going to follow the Lord. Every day you can choose. In fact, every day you have to choose which way you're going to follow. It's a decision that you make A daily choice. Are you going to flow with the current or are you going to go against the current today? Which way are you going to choose? And how do you do that? Well, you do that by worship, by prayer, by Bible reading, and by putting it into practice. Read your Bible every day. If you want to grow, grow, grow. Right? It's simple. Every day you wake up and you go, morning Lord, today I'm going to follow you. Morning Lord, today in every decision I'm going to make, I'm going to talk to you first. Morning Lord, today uh, you've just placed you know, Jeff on my heart, I better pray for him. So let me pray for him before I roll out of bed. That will give me an extra half an hour in bed. Praise the Lord, you know. I'm joking. But you know, it's like every day I'm going to choose this. And every time when we mess up, you know what we can do? He says, you can come to me. Weary, heavy laden, you can turn around. Because I'm there. My cross is there. Every time you you take your eyes off of me and you want to take a picture because of how good it is and you start slipping back because you become complacent, just come to me and ask and say sorry. 
and I'll turn you around and off you go again. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep reading. That's why we're having home groups to help us to grow and encourage one another because we need encouragement to go this way. That's why church is here to encourage us. Keep going. Keep praying. Keep reading. Keep worshiping. How many of you at home stick on worship music? Doesn't matter what it is and you just keep on singing away. Do it. When you're doing the washing up, just put on a bit of worship music. If you love hymns, put on some hymns. Start singing, you know. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to me. No one else, the dishes can't, you know, repeat what, how bad your singing is. Right? Just start worshiping God. Because every time you worship and you speak out those words, do you know what happens? You start going this way. Keep doing it. All the time when you're in the car, put on a bit of worship music. There's nothing good in the news. You may as well, right? Just start singing. You ever seen people singing in their car at the top of their voice? It's so embarrassing, isn't it? All the windows are glassing, you know, in the winter. They're all stuck. Just keep doing it, right? Why? Because the more you do that, the more you paddle that way. And the more you paddle that way, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, self they become yours, which is the character of God. Let me ask you today, when you wake up this morning, did you choose? Or did you just get out of bed and go, <gasps> I'm late for church. What am I going to wear? My shirt needs ironing. Did you choose? Every morning, choose. Throughout the day, if you start turning the other way, choose. Keep choosing Jesus and see what he does in your life. And you know the best thing? The Holy Spirit will help you every step of the way. Because that's what he's come to do. Father, we want to thank you and praise you that we don't do this alone. It's not in our strength. My strength will end up that way, towards the flesh. But with your strength, I can go towards the Spirit. I can paddle upstream. I can paddle against my natural desires. Paul says, you know, I do the things I, I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I really want to do. He knew the struggle that went on inside, and so do we. But Lord, with your power, with your strength, we can paddle upstream the whole of our lives. That's what Jesus did. Temptation never left him. The devil never left him. His own flesh never left him. He said, I had to say in Gethsemane, not my will, but yours be done. Spirit, I want to keep going your way because my natural self, my natural flesh wants to run away from what's coming. But no, I'm going to go the way of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed us what the way of the Spirit looks like. And you had love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control in abundance. May that be true for us as we journey with you. Choose this day who you will serve. Lord, may we wake up every day from now on and say today, body, mind, 
soul, spirit, I'm choosing the Holy Spirit. I'm choosing God. I'm choosing His way. And then we will see what you do in us and through us for your glory. We thank you and we praise you. Walk by the Spirit in step with the Spirit. Thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. And Father, as we come to your table now, that's what we're doing. We're coming to affirm to you that we belong to you. That, that my spirit is crying out saying, Abba, Father, you are my dad. I'm your, your son or your daughter. That I'm accepted. That I'm loved just as I am. Because I've turned my back on flesh. I know I'm not perfect. I know I've got a long way to go, but I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at you. And as we eat and drink today, Lord, may you affirm that within us, that we are family. And that you love us so much. We remember that on the night that you were betrayed, when, when flesh and spirit were in opposition, and Judas went the way of flesh instead of the way of the spirit. In that moment, you took bread and you broke it and you gave it to your friends and you said, eat this and drink this. This is my body broken. This is the cup. This will be my blood poured out for you. Do this to remember me. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to participate in the same thing. Feed us by your spirit, we pray, as we eat and drink together now. In the name of Christ, amen.